Welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoy the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. If you would, turn in your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8, and we will begin in verse 23. Sometimes our lives can feel like chaos. There's so much going on, and it seems so out of control. And we want someone to speak and calm everything. And that's what Jesus does here for his disciples. And that's what Jesus can do for us. Let's go ahead and look at our text, beginning in verse 23 of Matthew chapter 8. And when he got into the boat, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great storm on the sea, so that the boat was being swamped by the waves, but he was asleep. And they went and woke him, saying, Save us, Lord, we are perishing. And the wind, and he said to them, Why are you afraid, O you of little faith? Then he rose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. And the men marveled, saying, What sort of man is this that even the wind and the seas obey him? And when he came over to the other side, to the country of the Gadarenes, two demon-possessed men met him, coming out of the tombs, so that so fierce that no one could pass that way. And behold, they cried out, What have you done what have, what have you to do with us, O Son of God? Have you come here to torment us before the time? Now a herd of many pigs was feeding some distance from them. And the demons begged him, saying, If you cast us out, send us away into the herd of pigs. And he said to them, Go. So they came out and went into the pigs. And behold, the whole herd rushed down the steep bank into the sea and drowned in the waters. The herdsmen fled. And going into the city, they told everything, especially what had happened to the demon-possessed men. And behold, all the city came out to meet Jesus, and when they saw him, they begged him to leave their region. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We pray that you would speak to us by it, give us ears to hear, eyes to see, and hearts to obey. Father, I pray that as we open up your word, we would see Christ. He would speak to us. Lord, give give me grace and strength as I preach your word in Jesus' name. Amen. We begin in verse 23. It says, And when he got into the boat, his disciples followed him. Um, We look back to the last passage we looked at last week. And Jesus said, uh, he gave, it gave orders to go to the other side of the sea. 
And so what took place there in, the, in last week's text uh, was before they left. And so after we see uh, this, these two people come to him and ask about following him and, and his, his response, they actually get down into the boat and it says his disciples followed him. Now, there were lots of disciples following him and we'll contrast that with the 12 disciples. Um, they didn't have room for all of the people who were following him. So the 12, I think this is a reference to his disciples that followed him. And as they were in the boat, as they were on their way to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, a great storm arose on the sea. It's a great storm. It's a big storm. Remember that. It's a great storm. And it's so big that the boat was being swamped by the waves. Now, the Sea of Galilee wasn't a little pond. Um, I can't remember exactly how big it is. It's not like the Mediterranean Sea that's, that's just massive. It's like going into the ocean. But I believe it's several times the size of Carlisle Lake. Let's just say it's that big. It's a pretty big lake. But the waves and the, and the st storm is so strong that the water is coming up over the boat. That's a pretty massive storm for that to happen. You can imagine it in, a, in, in something like the ocean. But a storm so big that the waters are coming over it in really a, a fairly comparably small lake. You can just imagine yourself being there. The lightning crashing. You got concerns about it getting maybe struck by lightning over the water. The lightning crashing. You've got the thunder that's crashing. You've got the wind just blowing and the waves crashing up over the boat and the disciples were scared. Wouldn't you? Out in the middle of the lake, the boat seems like it's about to break up. Well, all this storm, all the intensity and the rage of this storm, Jesus' disciples come to find him. And they find him in the bottom of the boat asleep. Jesus could sleep in the middle of the storm. Amazing. It wasn't because he didn't care about his disciples. It was because he had confidence in God. He knew what his mission was. He didn't come to earth so that he could die in the middle of a storm. He knew what God had called him to. He knew that he was going to go to the cross. And so he had confidence in God. Also, he's the one who could speak to the waves and the wind and they would calm. He had no reason to fear. You can imagine what kind of fear the disciples had. And you can... You can not blame them at all. And yet, Jesus 
When the disciples come, they say, Save us, Lord! Save us, Lord! That's one good thing. Even though they were frightened, even though they were um, terrified of this great storm, they knew who to turn to. When we face the storms in our lives, when we face disaster, when we face the chaos that so many times ravages us and frightens us and we don't know where to turn, we can do what the disciples did. We can call to Jesus and say, save me. Save us, Lord. They, they knew where to turn. And they said, we are perishing. They thought they were going to die. Well, Jesus had the power to heal that they had already seen. Jesus had the, the powers that only God could have. And He was there in the boat with them. And yet they were afraid that they were going to die. We can relate to that. Jesus is with us. Jesus is with us no matter where we go. If we are believers, He is living inside of us. His Spirit is in us, filling us, giving us the strength to carry on in this life. He is walking by our sides. He promised in the Great Commission, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And yet we can be like those disciples and scared like we're going to die. Jesus said to them, why are you afraid? <laughs> you imagine that? Why are you afraid? Well, Jesus, uh, have you looked at what's around? <laughs> There's a storm here. Of course, that's why we're afraid. The boat, don't, don't you know the boat's about to flip? <laughs> but he says, why are you afraid? Oh, you of little faith. Don't you know who's in the boat with you? And when we are afraid, Jesus asks us that. Why are you afraid? I'm with you. There's no need to be afraid. Whatever life brings your way, I'm with you. I'm with you. But Jesus didn't just encourage them by saying, I'm with you. He took action. And he rose. In the Greek, the word rose there is exactly the same word we use when we talk about Jesus rising from the dead. Now, I don't want to allegorize that or anything like that, but when Matthew wrote this story down, he knew what Jesus was going to do later. You know, something that can help give us confidence where in the middle of the storm we remember... Jesus rose. Death couldn't keep him down. And the fact that he rose again is confirmation that we can know that we will raise one day again with him. When he comes again, the skies are going to split. He's going to come riding on a horse. We're going to be caught up to meet him in the air. And He'll be with us always. 
He arose and he rebuked the winds. He spoke. The same voice that spoke and said, let there be light. And there was light. The same voice that spoke whenever he said, let there be water above the you know, a firmament in the air and separate the water and the water. And the same voice that spoke and separated the land from the sea. The same voice that spoke and said, let there be taming things in the waters and birds in the air. The same voice that spoke, spoke to the wind and the waves. Jesus rebuked the winds and the sea and there was a great calm. I said before, remember, it says there was a great storm. The same word that's used great is used of the calm. There was a great calm. Everything was chaos. The disciples were freaking out. (laughs) They were scared. They came to Jesus and he asked, they asked him to save them. And he spoke and immediately became as smooth as glass. Verse 27, and the men marveled. They were amazed at what Jesus could do. They were amazed because they saw that Jesus was doing what the Old Testament said God could do. Ron read from Psalm 107. And he talks about these men who went down to the sea and they were amazed at the mighty works of God and there was a storm and they were afraid for their lives and he spoke to the wind and the waves and there was calm. What the Old Testament said about God... Jesus did when he walked among us. And the disciples asked the right question. What sort of man is this that even the winds and the seas obey him? We can tell you what kind of man that is. The man that is fully God and fully man. The only mediator between God and man, Jesus Christ. That's what kind of man that the winds and the seas obey him. We move on from there. They get to the other side of the lake. They get to this country called the Gadarenes. And what do they meet when they get there? There's these two demon-possessed men. We don't think about demon possession so much in our society today. Yeah, we might see movies like The Exorcist, and we think that's pretty much in the realm of movies, fantasy. You go to the third world, you go to the mission field where people are in places like Africa and Asia, people see those there. Why don't we see it here? Why don't we see it much in Western culture? I think probably the reason is in Western culture, we have have become a society that many call post-Christian. 
And this society is so secular that people don't believe in any kind of supernatural at all. And in that kind of society, you know, the devil, he has two strategies he can do. He can make people afraid of him, or he can make people not believe in him at all. Make people not believe in the supernatural at all. And in Western culture, where people are already secular, unbelieving, they don't believe in God, then the devil's strategy may just be to let people think he doesn't exist. Does that make sense? But you go to other places in the world, and you might see it. Here in the United States, the kind of soul turmoil that these two demon-possessed men were in, you might find in someone whose life is ravaged by drugs. Let's read about these two men. They were so fierce that no one could pass that way. Oh, and they came meeting him from the tombs. They didn't have a place to live. They just lived out in the cemetery. Maybe we can think, you know, Jesus was buried in a tomb that was carved out of the rock. So maybe they were living, instead of living in some kind of a cave somewhere, they lived inside of a tomb. Living among the dead bodies. No one would allow them around them because they were so wild and out of control. They were so fierce. No one could get by them. Violent. I read this article, an article this week. I don't want to share the details because it was so gruesome. Ron knows what I'm talking about. There was a woman who was on meth, blacked out and killed someone. I'm not going to give any more details than that. Didn't know what she was doing at all. That's the kind of turmoil and torment these men's souls were in. These demons, as they came and they met Jesus, they cried out, What have you to do with us, O Son of God? You know what? One thing you find in the Gospels is the demons know who Jesus is. When when a demon speaks in the Gospels, whether it be Matthew, Mark, or Luke, or John, it's an irony here, but you can trust what the demons say. They have insight into the spiritual realm. Now, I wouldn't say that in our lives today, but when it's written in Scripture, you can trust what the Gospel writers have them say. They recognized who Jesus was. They said, what have you to do with us, O Son of God? They recognized that Jesus was the Son of God, the Messiah that was to come. And they knew Jesus was one day going to come and throw them in the lake of fire. They asked Jesus, have you come here to torment us before the time? They knew they were a beaten enemy. 
They knew that one day Jesus was going to throw them in the lake of fire and there would be an end to these demons. And they recognized, they were looking at their watches saying, it doesn't seem time yet. Jesus, what are you coming to us? These demons, they knew that Jesus could command them to come out of these men and heal them and give them peace. But they didn't want to just, I don't know anything about the demon realm. What we have in Scripture is pretty limited. Because that's not what the point of Scripture is. It's not to tell us all about demons and things like that. But for some reason, they didn't want to just be thrown out. They said, let us go into this herd of pigs. And when Jesus, when they asked that, Jesus said, go. Again, with the storm, he spoke. He rebuked the storm, and it was peace. Here with this, these demon-possessed men, he said, go. He spoke. That's all it took. All he did was speak, and it happened. They obeyed him. They went out of the men, and they went into this herd of pigs, and they were just as crazy, if not even crazier, when they went into the pigs. They went up and jumped off of a steep cliff and drowned into the waters. We see the demons accurately knew who Jesus was. They didn't want to be tormented before it was time. And with only a word, Jesus could deliver these men from their, their torments. So what happens then? The herdsmen the people who are watching these pigs. Okay? What do we we think about these herdsmen? I mean, what's their income come from? They lose their flock of pigs, or not flock, but herd pigs. What's going to happen to them? They don't have an income anymore. They've lost their money. This is amazing. So they go into town and they tell everything. Especially what had happened to the demon-possessed man. They're amazed, yet they, they also are feeling the bite of an economic downturn. <laughs> you know, sometimes when Jesus steps in and heals a person, he disrupts the status quo. <laughs> When he disrupts the status quo, some people don't want that. They like the status quo. They like where they're comfortable. They don't want things to change. And behold, all the city came out to meet Jesus when they saw him, and they begged him to leave their region. Why were they begging him to leave their region? They cared more about their economic well-being the loss of these pigs. And they cared about these two people who were healed from demons. They wanted the status quo. They wanted everything as it was, as it was comfortable. Jesus, we see in these stories, these two stories, the storm on the sea and these two demon-possessed men 
that Jesus had the power to speak and bring peace to the storm. A physical storm, a storm of the way of nature that included the waves and the winds, and he spoke and he had power in order to make it peace and calm. And in the same way, there was a storm raging, chaos in the midst of these people. And Jesus had the power to speak and bring calm to those people, to those men. And Jesus has the power to speak into whatever chaos you have in your life and bring calm. But it may come at a cost. It may mean that the status quo that you're comfortable with gets disrupted. Do you care more about the status quo? About everything going as it's always gone where you're comfortable with? Or do you want peace more? Jesus came as a physician. He came as a, as a doctor to heal the sick. He came to the lowly, to the weak. He came to those who needed fixed. He didn't come to the righteous. He came to sinners. He didn't come to everyone who had their stuff together. He came for those who lived in chaos to speak to them and calm them. Calm their fears. Calm our fears. Calm our lives. So that the storms can rage all around us and yet we can stay having the peace that passes all understanding. If you know Jesus, you know you can have that peace. And if there's people here today who don't know Jesus, it's open. The offer is open. Lay aside what makes you comfortable and come to Jesus. He came into this world to die for us. He came so that He could pay the penalty for our sins. We deserve the wrath of God because we have sinned against Him. And yet, He has given Himself as a sacrifice. He has given Himself so that God can look at us and He no longer sees our sin, but He sees Jesus in our place. God can look at us and know that we are forgiven because of what Jesus did on the cross. He came, and when He died on the cross, no one took His life from Him. But He freely gave it. He came with that mission in mind. To give His life for His body to be broken. For His blood to be shed. And this would satisfy the wrath of God. 
And that we who lived in chaos can be have peace with God. We can be reconciled. We can be adopted as his children. Thank you for listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. For more information, please visit us at RedeemerBaptistPanama.com or you can like us on Facebook.